Welcome to the Fabric Podcast, where we explore company culture and how it scales as a company grows. Brought to you by the team at The Receptionist, a bootstrapped Denver-based software company. Each episode of Fabric will set out to uncover unique and uncommon answers to the question, how do companies of any size create a culture and core values that employees actually live out? On this episode of the Fabric Podcast, we have a full house. We're joined by our growth team, Andy Alsop, CEO, President, and Co-Founder, Dylan Berry, Director of Engineering and Co-Founder, Michael Ashford, Director of Marketing, and Tom Foster, Director of Sales. The fifth member of our growth team is Jessica Marshall, Director of Customer Experience and Co-Founder, who unfortunately could not join us for today's episode. The growth team is made up of the heads of each of our five departments, and every other week they come together to collaborate and focus their time and energy on growth. When businesses have so many things to work on, it's easy to be less focused on growth than you need to be. We're proud that through the creation of this team in 2018, we've moved closer to our goal of 10,000 locations, we've seen our efforts be successful, which has allowed us to grow our team, and we've been able to determine what doesn't work when it comes to growth. Wondering if a growth team is right for you? Check out the episode. All right, well, a big welcome to our growth team. The majority of you are here today. Welcome, everybody. Hey, Sarah. Sarah. Hey, Sarah. I love it. It's all in stereo. Hello. All right. So we are talking growth team. Dylan, we need you to kick us off. What's the origin of the growth team? Tell us what it is and why was it necessary when we're a pretty small team to begin with? Yeah, sure thing. So Andy, you may want to help me out with this because it's been a little while, but the way I remember it was I attended a conference called MicroConf Growth back in the spring of 2018, I think is what it was. And there was a gentleman there by the name of Ankur Nagpal, who's the CEO of Teachable. And he gave a a really interesting talk about how he grew Teachable to a $10 million ARR business and in four years. And he talked about the the, one of the main ways that they did that was by developing a growth team that would focus on getting the company to grow in very specific and meaningful ways. And they kind of had like formulas associated with it. All that kind of stuff, and the and the team itself was made up of a cross section of employees. So it wasn't just you know managers; it was like people who would do the work as well as leaders in the company to come together and brainstorm ideas for how the company could achieve the growth that they wanted to hit on a monthly and weekly basis. And as to like why uh, we felt like it was important for us to start a growth team, even though we were small, is mostly due to just giving another bit of space for us to be able to focus on growth-specific initiatives that weren't necessarily then diluted by conversations around how to run the company or how to handle, you know, uh, other pressing issues like HR or hiring or strategy or those kinds of things. It was really kind of meant to, here's a a space that we're going to cordon off and say, we're going to focus on growth and we're going to give the the people who are interested in that the space to get together on a on a recurring basis to make that happen. Andy, Dylan has already touched on some of this, but our our growth team and our leadership team are the same group of people. So can you paint a picture a little bit about what happens in these growth team meetings? How is it it different than what we might doing in other meetings and just a, a little bit more about explaining what happens? Yeah, definitely. So I think I'll go back to when Delyn uh, originally brought this to Jessica and I. And Jessica Marshall and uh, Delyn are, are my co-founders. And so 
Delins, after being at the uh, conference, said, I've got this really interesting concept, and I'd like to bring that back to the company. What do you think? And what I loved about it was, as Delins said, it was sort of a container. It was a place where we could say, let's focus on something specific, and then let's measure it. And I love that. I always love testing and measuring. Probably everybody's heard me talking about that. And what that allowed us to do is to say, all right, maybe there is this one thing that we can do that is going to be specific to something we want to change or affect. And the problem is when you have like a leadership meeting, and a leadership meeting is has an agenda with all sorts of things that you want to be talking about, what the next initiative might be, or what maybe people's rocks are going to be, or whatever else. You don't really have that space. And you might say, okay, let's put an agenda item on there because what we want to do is maybe make the efficiency of our paid ads work well. Or we want to see if we can um, increase the number of uh, credit card trials or whatever that is. And it's hard in a 15 minute uh, agenda item to actually make real progress on that. So to actually have an hour long meeting every other week where we're looking at what we're doing, we're measuring it, we're saying these are the changes we made. And then how do we do against those changes really allows us to focus on that. So that's why we decided to kind of cordon that off and make that into its own meeting. Got it. And is anyone else in the room with you? I know Jess is there too, but is anyone else from our team in there or is it the five of you? And then you disseminate the information as needed. It's pretty much the five of us uh, and then disseminating the information. And, you know, just from a historical standpoint, our leadership team was just uh, Jess, Delenn, and myself. And during that period of time, um, Michael and Tom were contributing in a, a whole bunch of different ways, but this was a way we could all come together, the five different departments, and then bring that all together. And, you know, I think it was earlier in this year, we expanded the leadership team to include everybody. But when we started the growth team, it was a point at which we weren't all necessarily working on the, on the leadership team together. And so it was a, a great opportunity for the five of us to really work on like, how are we going to affect these growth, these uh, pieces of sort of these things we want to do in growth. And then now it's, it is turned out to be the whole leadership team. Got it. And you mentioned how you like to measure and you know what we're working on. Um, and as we've talked about, we follow EOS and traction and the scorecard. So can you tell us a little bit about what you're looking at, how our scorecard has changed over time with the development of the growth team? Well, I want to talk about the scorecard for a second, but I might want to throw it at Michael and you know Tom because we're gonna because there's been some really cool things that we've actually discovered as a result. But the scorecard is an important element of the whole traction methodology. It's something that you put in place, and and actually the way Gino Wickman, uh, the kind of found not founder, but the the guy who wrote. Uh, the traction book or EOS, the entrepreneurial operating system, was that if you were on a deserted island and you only had a piece of paper with 10 pieces of information on it, what would you want on that piece of paper to allow you to know how your business was doing back on the main island or whatever else it might be? And I, I really gravitated to that because it really forces you to say, okay, let's reduce it down to these important elements. We then took that into the growth um, meeting and the growth team to be able to say, well, what are those elements in the scorecard that we want to measure so that we can really determine what we're going to be able to affect? Got it. 
Yeah. And Michael and Tom, you are really on the front line of implementing a lot of these ideas. So let's check in with you, Michael, to start. Uh, Just tell us a little bit about your experience with the growth team and what you're now working on as a result of that. Well, I think what I what I don't want to be lost in all this is, you know, Jess isn't here, but uh, the fact that it is a representative from all five departments that we have within the company, and you know, we can call it the five families, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that it it it's it's that C in fabric, it's the collaboration, and what I love about it is, you know, so many times at at I guess larger companies or even at smaller companies, you can have silos. And it's kind of cliche to say it, but you can have silos in companies. And by having every department, customer care, product, uh, administration, sales, and marketing in in those meetings, in our growth meetings, we have the full picture of the company represented there. And we're collaborating on items that affect all of us, obviously, as we try to grow and try to reach, you know, those 10,000 locations as defined in our, our, uh, uh, vision traction organizer, but being on the front lines of implementing it, it's it's wonderful because we all have like the day in and day out stuff that we just go and do. We as a marketing team, or or Tom can speak to this. Tom as a sales team, we're executing on so much, just day in and day out. But this gives us specific projects that we can also focus a lot of energy and time and effort into that we can measure and decide, hey, is this moving the needle that can then become part of our everyday norms if they end up actually do moving the needle? You know, for for the marketing side, it's been we've we've paid a lot of attention since we started the growth team up towards our paid advertising uh, in terms of pay-per-click ads, Google ads, Bing ads. We we invest, you know, a significant amount of our budget there and making sure that we're optimizing that, making sure that we are getting the most value out of that as possible. I don't want to operate just in a in a vacuum of the marketing team. There are fantastic ideas across the company that could bring real value into making those work for us, quote unquote, as as best as possible. Absolutely. And Tom, what has your experience been like on the sales side, being involved with the growth team, and again, how that's impacted the work that you've done? Uh, well, to kind of echo a lot of what Michael says and what Annie's already said is that if it's, if it's tracked, you actually can improve on it. <laughs> um, looking, I get, for me, it's really the five minds coming together and coming up with ideas and things that I wouldn't think of um, from my perspective, because how I think of things is completely different than say how Michael thinks of things and how Dylan and I had a breakthrough this morning on our, on our one-on-one because he looked at a situation I was struggling with, was able to give an, an example. But with Jess in it, it's that side as well. So I think what it does is it keeps everything really balanced. So it's not skewing too much one way. Like we're not too much development delay and too much or too much sales time, or we need more of this, Michael. It's everybody comes together and looks at a situation and gives their input on it. And we're able to really, you know, for me, it was measuring how many credit card, um, how many credit card trials could we get in? And is that indicative of the success of the, the activations for the month? And then with, with COVID hitting and it being in is what do we measure now? Because we're the, the, everything's still going well. We're growing still, but those numbers have come down. It's not really as indicative as it is as something else. So what do we look at next? And brainstorming, we're like, well, let's look at this thing. And then we'll track it for a little bit. And then, yeah, well, that's not really what's moving any needle. So let's move on to the next. I think for me, it's the ability to come freely without any just say, I need help with this. And they're able to then throw it back on me and then come up with something that we can track 
and measure and see. And then if it doesn't, we go on to the next thing and we measure the next thing. So it's just, it's a different, it's a lot different. You ask the question there between leadership and growth. It's all, it's a completely different meeting. And it's nice to have them broken out that way in my experience. One thing I'd add as well is, you know, we are a small company, like you mentioned in a previous question, but still having a growth team at the, at the start of it, it was definitely Tom and me being the ones to go and implement it. And as we've grown, even just over the last you know, year and a half, it's, it's, fu- it's been fun that our growth has spurred on hiring, that we now have bigger teams, in, in my case, a team, <laughs> to actually go and implement a lot of the stuff we talk about in the growth team meetings that that that's been i guess a a pretty cool evolution of not just the team the growth team itself but of the company to to see like tom and i now have teams to go implement this stuff and it doesn't always fall on sales and marketing i mean delin's helped me out with back-end stuff and and data analysis for a lot of the stuff as well so it, it doesn't always fall on me and tom but i mean obviously when you're talking about generating growth and revenue and new customers i mean it's Sales and marketing are always going to be the front line of that. <laughs> well, it sounds like if you knew then what you knew now, you might have implemented a growth team earlier on, even though you're a small company. Andy, what do you think? Do you think a growth team would have been beneficial earlier than it started? That is a really good question. I would say the it's difficult to try to put in a growth team when, let's say, we're four people or five people. We can still do the um, the task of looking at what do we want to affect and how do we want to change it. So I think I'm I'm not going to say that it wouldn't be a good idea, but I do think kind of going back to Michael's point, uh, when you have teams to be able to help affect that, it makes it a lot easier. Because when you're a smaller team, you are trying to get so many things done beyond which you have, in, in a lot of cases, the manpower to do so. So you really have to make a lot more choices of like. We've got to make a choice whether we're going to go after this or we're going to go after that. So I, I don't know. I, I'd actually like to hear everybody else because this isn't a topic we've actually discussed previously. You know, do you guys think that if we had started earlier and we were a smaller team that we still would have put in a, a growth team? And I don't know, maybe to Lynn, I'll throw that at you because, you know, obviously we've been there since the beginning. Yeah, I still think there's a there's a really good benefit to it. Mostly from the, it just sort of ingrains a, a, a behavior in the company of experimentation and and rapid iteration of things that, yeah, you kind of have that in when you're a really small group, you know, just naturally because you're so tiny, but, but like trying to formalize it sooner in the, in the company's origination story, I think really puts in a good bit of DNA that then can carry through for a very long time in the company. So, so I, I, I think we, could have done it even sooner had we had the idea and it, it probably would have helped us out and even furthered us more. So that's my two cents. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's helpful because I would imagine our listeners are hearing this and going, well, this is a great idea. We should do this. But if they're early on, they may think, is it too early? Uh, it sounds like it's never too late to do this. But Andy, one of the things you said that stood out to me is that you're making time for it. So whether it's the same two or three or five people who are having more of a leadership meeting or a growth meeting, it's really putting the focus and the effort and the time into this, figuring out what you're working on, how are you going to measure it, then going back, trying it, talking about it, and really figuring out what's working and what's not. So so that's what I'm hearing is it's maybe not that it needs to be different people or that it's at a different time, 
it's just putting the focus there on the growth that you want to see, how you're going to do it and how you're going to measure what's working. Yeah, and I, I love that. And actually, I'll revise a little bit of my answer because after hearing what Delin said, I think that does make sense because there are there are so many things going on when you're trying to run the company and you're a small team and you may not have the resources you need to get everything done. But but what's more important in a company, especially at the smallest stage and almost all stages, is being able to focus on something that's very specific. And then that kind of keeps your focus on, okay, this is what we said we were going to do as opposed to the you know, hundred shiny things that cross your, you know, your desk every day. So. Yeah. I feel like we've almost answered my next question, which is who needs a growth team and are there companies that this makes more or or less sense for? Um, Tom, what, what do you think? Should everyone have a growth team or growth growth meetings? (laughs) They should have a team uh, because it's, it is, it's, it's focusing on what you're doing. And I 100% agree with what Dylan and Andy had said is that if you start it when you're small, maybe not two people, but when you're four people, you're communicating constantly all day long. You're talking all day long. You don't really have the formality behind it that will carry through as you continue to go. So definitely uh, everybody should have a growth team that in that meeting, you first have a level 10 meeting. So you know exactly what you're going to talk about. You keep it focused. You know exactly what you're going to go on. You, you decide what you're going to measure. And then you keep that accountability. And then as it spreads down, if you have a team like Michael and I do, we're able to then take that back to the team and say, here's what we're doing in growth. So it's also an inclusion for them to feel like they're helping with the growth and seeing the measurability of it by participating in it kind of secondhand. But we're able to then add that to our meetings and say, how are you doing on these levels? And then report back. So it it really creates, even though there's five people that are in that meeting, it's really a participation of the whole company based on those initiatives that we've created in, in those meetings. So yeah, everybody needs it. Michael, what do you think? To me, it... Yeah, when you're when you're small, it's it's about the whether you're big or small. It's about the tactical execution. I think that's what the growth team meetings allow us to do. Is we go in there and we're going to talk about tactically how are we going to approach this issue or how are we going to measure this thing that we want to measure and move the needle significantly on enough so that we can say this is the direction we want to go. And the question that was asked earlier about the difference between the leadership team and the growth team meetings is leadership, you're talking about company strategy and you're talking about employee issues. If, if you have those, you're talking about you know, health benefits. You're, you're talking about so many things that aren't really getting down into what we get into in the growth meetings, which is go invest this amount of money in this program, test these things and come back and tell us how it did and measure against that. And then it, it's, it's all about those tactical elements that when you, to Tom's point, when you are uh, a smaller company and you're just running around like a chicken with your head cut off, you are involved in tactics all the time, but you may not necessarily know how what you're doing affects it. Is it affecting it in any substantial way? Or is what you're doing actually negatively <laughs> affecting your growth in, in some way? You want to be able to, to sit down, focus on those things and measure against that. And that's what I've appreciated about having a growth team and being a part of, of getting it up and going here at the receptionist is you just, it brings a hyper focus to something that at the end of the day, I think you have a pretty clear and definitive answer on whether it works or not. Yeah. yeah. I would just, add, I would just add on to that because there are some different elements that we focused on and COVID of course kind of throws everything up, you know, in terms of how things are working and as people aren't visiting websites as my, all that other stuff comes up, but you find out, I think we found out very quickly 
what we can impact and what we can't. And that's really important information to know. Because if you really are not able to impact something, you want to look at something else that you can impact. And it's kind of a cascading effect. And I think that's what we found. I mean, one of the things that I thought was really cool was we were able to find out through through Michael's work that our paid ad efficiency, we could, we could impact our paid ad efficiency. And we were able to show that. And the metric is the metric is numbers. It's not, you know, well, subjective or whatever else. It is, you know, hard cold numbers. And that's something I figure if our listeners might be like, oh, great, you've got a growth team, but like, what did you do? Well, we that's one area where we're able to really impact something because we said we're going to focus on it. We're going to talk about it every couple of weeks. There are going to be to-dos around it. We're going to hold ourselves accountable to it and then look at what happens. Absolutely. Well, this has been hugely helpful, but let us know what's to come for the growth team. Can you can you let us know what you're working on or what's going on behind closed doors that uh, that you're focusing on right now? Who wants to take that? (laughs) (laughs) It's a secret. And the answer is we'll let you know. (laughs) I I think for me, one of the things I see the growth team evolving more into is including more people than just the five of us. Like as we get very specific with certain things that we want to drill down into, what the growth team gives you is a forum to bring the people who are actually going, going to go and execute on those things bring them into the meeting so they get to experience like what the planning, what the thinking around it is. They can provide their feedback. They can hear exactly what the strategy is like from the get-go as opposed to having to hear it secondhand from someone else. And then they can feel empowered to go and, and execute things. So I think as we're continuing to grow, that's how I see our growth team evolving is to just kind of include more people who are going to actually be doing the work. That's great. It's not always what you're working on, but but how you're working on it. So this has been really helpful. And I think the answer is pretty much anyone can benefit from a growth team to just give that time, that ability to focus and make sure you're really tracking what's working and what's not. So thank you all for being here. We did miss Jess on this episode with our growth team today, but thank you all for being here. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Sarah. Sarah. Thanks, Sarah. Well, there you have it. A growth team makes sense for just about any company. We hope you found inspiration for how to launch or improve a growth team for your business. And if you'd like to learn more about The Receptionist or try us for two weeks free, no credit card required, head on over to thereceptionist.com. 